Um, so, hi, we're back. Um, we are, we are. Hello there. Hello. Um, it, it's been like a couple of weeks. I think it's just been the, t- the normal two weeks. And we... For the first time in sp- a while, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life uh, tends life, to get in the way life, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> life, sickness, everything. But yeah. We're oh, back, yeah. We're, I don't know. I think we're back to normal, at least until the holidays interrupt us. Yeah, so we, we might be able to get another one normal schedule in before the end of the year and then it's going to be right. christmas and new year and everything else so <laughs> yeah yep. um but yeah we spoke about the the app defaults uh trend i guess we'll call it that um like last episode and today that hit over 200 blog posts i'm uh, amazed <laughs> that's really cool that's very nice <laughs> yeah it's uh it's been it kind of slowed down for a little bit um over sort of the last few days um, and then Manson Reese posted his today. Oh, uh, the, okay. <laughs> um, you may know him as the owner of uh, Microblog and a bunch of other things. Jason Feed, he yeah. he deals with. Um, so he's posted his today. Uh, and I think he was number 198, maybe. And like hmm. since then, we've had another seven come in. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting in the morning I'm going to have a way more to, to add. Yeah, I bet so. How are you getting these things? Are people sending them to you or how are you collecting them? Yeah, so, well, firstly, I have the, the Hemispheric Views Discord are all keeping an eye out. Oh, um, that's you know, good, so, yeah. so some of them are on microblog and, um, you know, threads and all sorts of different social networks. So they'll right. send me them. Um some people are just submitting pull requests on GitHub, which is linked, which is nice and easy because I can just press a merge button and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other day, um, well, there's two things I did. One, I thought, let me just Google and see what I can find. Now, Google is not great at finding independent blogs. Right. Um, but I did manage to find 10 more that I hadn't seen before. Hmm. Um, that, that people, you know, hadn't, because people send them to me on Mastodon as well. Sure. Um, and the other thing I did, and I'm not sure why I didn't really do this when I started the project, was I added um, analytics to the site um, just because oh, I was curious. I yeah, yeah. And what that's done, other than you know just being able to see visitors, which is you know fun, um, and I've made the page public. There's a link at the bottom of the the page. Um, I can, can see then people see the linking ref- back to you, so that you can right. I can see tra- the referrers backwards. Yeah. And because I've been in this data quite a lot, I can recognize domains when I haven't added them to the site. So I sort of spot them and I'm like, right, okay. Like, um, and, and like I noticed we were in uh, a blog post on the pen addict. Um, they, they had, didn't do a, they didn't do an app defaults post, but it was mentioned there. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, that, that's, I get, yeah, I get a lot of toots about it. I know they don't call them toots anymore. They're just called posts, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you can call them whatever you want to rob you know yeah i i think i want to stick with toots it makes it more fun yeah um but yeah so i you know discord messages because there's essentially a team of people looking out for these for me sure. um so yeah the, as of recording right now it's at 205 posts um and then there's a lot of good stuff there a lot of um interesting apps and services that i hadn't heard of um, and i am reading most of them as well when i get a chance so um, you know, if if you're thinking of doing one and haven't done one yet, send it my way and we'll get it added to the site. Yeah, definitely. It's a nice way to kind of publicize these blogs too, because you're linking to them and people can discover new people to read, which, you know, it's like, like a nice, 
introductory post to someone's thinking on the topic of various kinds of apps and services and things. So I, I, I found it really fun to kind of go through and see what people are using. I mean, obviously like apps are my thing. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a neat resource to get a, a pulse on kind of what people are using these days. Even, even if some of them are in fact default apps, I think, you know, default apps get, don't get talked about a lot sometimes. Like and, and look, we and like at Mac Stories, we don't even talk about them a lot of the year. We really reserve that for the OS updates because there's far too many other developers' apps to talk about during the year. But you know that's what most people are using. I think most of the time anyway, and it's it's good to talk about them and learn various tips and tricks about even the the stuff that just comes for free on your phone. Um, yeah, I think one of the most interesting. Um categories of these posts has been the recipe management because there's the obvious ones that people use there's a uh, crew on and uh is it paprika i think is one of them yeah or, that one's better forever mm-hmm. um and, and then i've come across you know these sort of web-based solutions that people are using um and you know some that are based on they're more focused on the shopping list side of it rather than the actual recipes um right, I, I feel right. like that's where there's been the most movement if for no other reason than there is no default app for that really right right and that's kind of the way grocery is grocery does that which they have a meal planning and recipe thing built into it that relies on markdown which is really well done then there's of course pestle and mella which is mm-hmm. from the the silvio risi who does reader there's a lot of good recipe apps but there's yeah there's a lot of different ways to approach it and i think I personally love Mela because it uses RSS. So you can, as you, if you find a recipe site that uses RSS, and a lot of the big ones don't because they don't want, they want you to go see all their <laughs> blinky ads. But if you find some good independent recipe blogs, which there are a lot of them, they're just not always as easy to discover, you can add them into that app. And I think Pestle does the same kind of thing where you can follow the RSS feed and just kind of browse through the recipes and add them one off here and there, which is, it's a, it's a good way to get new ideas, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Or you can do what I do, Rob. You know what I do? I, somehow Instagram has decided that I like these uh, reels about people making food, especially making thing, making things with burritos where they, everything is a, everything is some sort of recipe that's rolled up in a wrap. Um, yeah. Or their breakfast things that are like everything somehow gets combined into one where it's like another one I saw was for Thanksgiving where it was like they were putting they were putting um, stuffing into a waffle iron and combining yeah. it, combining it with turkey and other ingredients and squishing it all together and turning it into like a I don't know, I guess it's like a fried sandwich of, of Thanksgiving. It's uh, do you get those? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was about to say, when you started talking, the, the, the first thing I was going to say was this is exactly what all the, these, um, you know, recipe TikTok and Instagram right, accounts right, right. is like. It's not It's not like recipes. It's not like, oh, here's how to make the best roast potatoes or mashed potatoes or a really good turkey, which is, while we're talking about turkey, that's the thing people really do need because people do turkey really badly. Um, yes. But instead, it's like, oh no! Here's how you can do this thing, like you said, with a waffle iron or a, a sandwich maker, you know, a toasty thing or whatever. 
and and then they're just like chucking random ingredients into it. It's like you could just chuck this in a blender if this is how you're going to make. Or food. or they're doing these incredibly elaborate cuts in a burrito so that it folds up just so with different things on different sides mm-hmm. of the burrito when it's all melted together. I find them kind of fascinating, which is I guess why they're popular because I do actually watch some of them. The one that I keep getting uh, this week is a butter candle which is a, a loaf of bread that someone has cut a hole out of the middle of, created a candle out of butter and herbs, and then melted it by putting a wick in the butter and letting that uh, melt into the bread, which, I don't know, it, I'm sure it tastes good, but probably not very sure. healthy. Sure. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, the, the one thing that infuriates it, I have some thoughts about how antisocial just video is the tiktok style that you just you can't sit with friends and just watch tiktok because it's noisy and stuff like that but that's a topic for another day but what infuriates me about these recipe things like oh the recipe's in my bio and you oh you you know because because tiktok and facebook and and, and instagram and, and all of these places that do stories it's like they don't know how the web works or they do know how the web works but they don't want it to work yeah like they that. know too they know too well it, it, it that that's the one thing about these i find and you know it's there's a whole industry now that are these bio links which are just a single link so that's all that instagram allows you is a single mm-hmm. url and it opens a splash page which is just a a link list of you know like somebody's homepage or their individual recipes or whatever it happens to be. It just seems like such a, such a kludge and, and awful way to have to deal with the internet is through someone's link in their bio. Have you seen, um, and, and this is a discussion we've had in the omg.lol discord uh-huh. quite a lot, um, the price of Linktree. I mean, it is literally like $10, $20, $30 a month it to is? have... If you want to have, like, I don't know if Multiple, you've landed on any of these, where they have, like, when they have, like, embedded um, playlists or YouTube videos, you pay extra to be able to embed stuff in that oh, page. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and Linktree, the company, is valued, like, in the, the tens of millions of dollars. And I'm like, it's a website. Like, yeah, you're, it's really you're, nothing. And those pages are nothing special. Mm-mm. They're really uh, And when you links and, and and iframes basically right right and it's like when you compare that to omg.lol is a good example because it has a whole bunch of other stuff but like right. that's 20 dollars a year but then you've got the and you can you know you can do whatever you want you can embed stuff you can add extra pages like it is mind-blowing that what's happened is like you, you've ended up with a situation where you know, clearly these people, whether they're whatever influence uh, type people they are, they clearly don't know how to make a website, which is perfectly, you know, it's not, I wouldn't expect everybody to be able to do that. But right. they're like, oh, okay, I guess the only way for me to have a website with some links on it is pay this obscene amount of money to Linktree. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's probably something going on where it's like they see everybody else doing this, using the same service and there's a familiarity mm-hmm. with users between the formats because they always look the same. I think I don't like I don't like that they look the same personally. I mean, I find it like it's very generic and kind of takes away from whoever the person's creativity is to not have something that's like unique to them. But yeah, that I, I didn't realize it was that expensive. I've never really I've never really um, thought about subscribing to a service like that although although recently we started a mac stories instagram and i did immediately almost find 
you know, I, I ran into the the lack of linking almost immediately. I mean, it, what we what I do is I just post stories of our, some of our articles and then put a link sticker in it because you can do one, one of those. So, you know, it works better if you're using stories as opposed to the actual feed. But yeah, it's a dumb it's a dumb thing. Yeah, it really is. We really um, got well, off that tangent there, right? Didn't we? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about recipe apps, and now we're talking about <laughs> Instagram link trees. Uh, well, it's a conspiracy. It's you know, it's it's big big link tree is coming for you. That's what's happening. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, dumb things is probably a pretty good segue to the the thing yeah. I made last night and have updated <laughs> <laughs> right before we started recording. Um, it's, the, it's called Double Shift, um, yeah. and it's a basically. I've watched Scrubs, the TV show, quite a lot, probably at least a handful of times in in the last sort of 15, 20 years. And I'm currently watching Grey's Anatomy again for the third or fourth time. And I'd noticed that there was a lot of people, a lot of actors that are in both of these shows. And I thought, okay, let me, let's actually do some, you know, get the data and actually see what, see what the crossover is. So I built this site which takes that data from greys and scrubs and, you know, just puts a little a little table and says, oh, this person's been in both shows and they've been in this many episodes. And then I thought, oh, what about if I include House? And then I was like, what if I include ER? Because that's been running quite a long time and, it, you know, had a fairly big cast. Mm-hmm. And then as of this evening, I, I've added eight shows um, and there's there's just one shy of... Uh, 8,000 actors across those eight shows. Um, (laughs) Wow, wow. um, And and there's nearly 900 of them have appeared in at least two of those shows. Um, So the the, the buttons for picking which combination you want have got a little bit out of hand, but this is where we are. Um. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really neat site. I think you did a great job with it. It's really neat. I mean, to me, this is like why... APIs are so interesting, especially open, free web APIs, mm-hmm. because you can you can do stuff like this, which is just easy to you know you once you have the the data and if you have a little know how and how to display it on a website, uh, you can come up with some interesting correlations like this. And I think it's really it's fun. It's really fun kind of clicking through the various show combinations and scrolling through the list and seeing the people and seeing people that you might know from one show and realizing that they're on something that may have aired at a very different time than the, the show you you remember. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, one of the, you know, so I've got eight shows here now mm-hmm. um, and the, the number one person for appearing in shows has been in six out of those eight. Um, wow. So, but only seven episodes. So they, it's literally sort of like one off. Um, you know, this huh. isn't a person who's, this isn't somebody who's done like you know two hundred episodes of one of these shows, um, so uh, but yeah, there's there's like leaderboards and you can see by show by episode, um, an invented score that I made up where I take how many shows they've been in and times it by the number of episodes. Why not? You, know, this is... <laughs> you should you should create a uh, a Jeff Bezos graph somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just have a line for each actor with no no numbers on it. Uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. I like it. It's all you've you've been uh, on a roll with the projects lately. Yeah, I I keep sort of I don't know. I feel like I've been writing my end of year blog post. I've like sort of started 
drafting that and uh-huh. i think what occurred to me because you might look at it and go rob didn't you have a baby this year like doesn't that take a lot of time <laughs> it does and it does but also i can be sat there with nothing to do for 30 minutes 45 right. minutes while i'm feeding her whatever like i can't use my phone because i've got to hold the bottle or whatever like so i think i'm having what i'm actually getting is more time to just think yep and then i'm like right and all these ideas are like they're almost like fresh in my mind and, and fully formed by the time i actually touch the computer whereas i think before that i would just go oh i've got this idea and i'd be straight on the computer and if it didn't work i'd sort of abandon it or just leave it to the side whereas because i've got all this extra thinking time when i do actually you know take a crack at one of these ridiculous projects it kind of it definitely seems like it comes together a lot quicker Uh, yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and it, it is true i mean you obviously have been very busy but on the other hand you probably have been at home a lot more too which as you say, I mean, you're just kind of, you may just be sitting on the couch with no ability to do much of anything other than just sit there and think. So, or you're trying to be quiet while the baby's sleeping or whatever it is. And, and that yeah. does give you a little, a little extra time to, to think about things. Well, that's good. I really like this project. So Rob, I have a little follow-up for you on the portal. The Sony portal, the the remote gameplay device for the PS5. Uh, there's a very good Digital Foundry video on this that I sent you today that I think is worth putting in the show notes. I have had pretty good luck with it. I have noticed some of what they've said. The bottom line is that I think Sony really skimped on the the way this connects to the the PlayStation 5. You know, the experience really comes down to how solid a Wi-Fi connection you have. The thing's only got Wi-Fi 5. It would be nice if it had Wi-Fi 6. If you, I've, I've noticed, and I'll just, you know, I guess reiterate what they say in this, this Digital Foundry video, which is you really, it, it takes away from the experience. The experience being, you know, what, what they're selling is the ability to play remotely. But the reality is that to get a good remote experience, you have to be kind of very close to your router and your PS5. And it's like, at that point, what are you doing? Right? Yeah, because if I had one of these, I would want to be, it was because of where my PS5 is, essentially the opposite side of the house. Right, and um, I think that that would, would be bad. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to attempt it. I tried, I mean, I tried remote play on my MacBook, and it wasn't great, um, so I'm certainly not going to spend £200 to try one of these. Right, and you've probably got a better a better antenna in your MacBook than you do in the portal anyway. And that's one of the things they suggest is trying either to do remote play on a Mac, you know, on a PC or a Mac, or else on like a, a mobile phone to see how it is in places you play before you buy it, which I think is good advice. I mean, there I think there still is room for this as a device in the sense that, you know, I might be wanting to play a game while Jennifer's watching something on TV and I can sit next, be in the same room with her and pause to chat or whatever uh, without you know, without, and allow us to both do two different things, which is, is fine. It's just that, you know, that makes it harder to play elsewhere in the house. If the, if the Wi-Fi has to be so, so good. And just to give you an example, like our main living floor is basically a giant long rectangle. And one end, one end of the rectangle is where our TV and the router is. The other end of the rectangle is where our dining room is. And I have used the portal in the living room near the router and the TV 
and it's totally fine. It's really, really a nice experience. If I move to the kitchen table, to the dining room table, like at the other end of the room, a room that has, this is without any walls in the room, I start to see stuttering, even in that situation. It's same floor, you know, it's, it's fairly far, but it's not obstructed by anything other than the Wi-Fi router is behind the TV, which I realize can cause interference and blocking because of the glass and the metal and everything. But it really shouldn't be that bad. And I really haven't used it much on the other floors. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, I've decided to keep it. I'm going to keep testing and playing around with it. I do. Uh, I, one thing I am going to try, though, is Chiaki, which is a, a an open source project for doing remote play on the Steam Deck. There's one, there's a new a new version of it called Chiaki for, de- for Deck, the number four deck. And it's supposedly very good. And I, I downloaded the software last night, but I still need to, I still need to set it up and get all the settings right. Cause it's, it's one of those things where you really have to tweak the settings quite a lot to get a good, a good, um, a good experience. But from what I understand, talking to some people who have used it, it does a much nicer job of keeping a, a higher frame rate more consistently and and looks really good too. So, you know, that's going to be my next experiment. We'll be doing it on the Steam Deck. And and this is your Steam Deck OLED? Did you it, did yours arrive? It did. I actually was one of the first people I know who got one because mine came the day before Thanksgiving on Wednesday last week and I haven't played it a ton because we had family in town and everything over the holiday, but uh, it's the the weight difference is noticeable and the screen is amazing i mean the screen looks yeah the screen looks really good the oled makes a big difference it's definitely richer colors deeper blacks you know the whole nine yards i mean the the rest of the experience is roughly the same i first thing i did was just download a ton of games and it took a long time out of my Steam library, you know. It took a long time, but it was definitely faster than it would have been on the old Steam Deck because it's got uh, Wi-Fi 6, I think it is, instead of like Wi-Fi 5, I, I don't know. I forget what the original one had. But in any event, it is a faster Wi-Fi chip chipset, and that does make a difference in terms of some of these games, you know. You download something like cyberpunk it's just enormous and it takes forever so or or death stranding or something like that so i've I've been happy with it i mean i haven't really dug into it deeply enough yet but uh i will be over the next couple of months i think yeah i also i got cocoon is a game i i purchased over the holiday because it was on the the steam deck falls sale for I don't know, like twenty dollars maybe or fifteen dollars. I've heard it's a very good puzzle game, so I figured I would, I would download it and it would give me a, a kind of a break between big games. Oh yeah, this this looks not. Oh, it's from the uh, designers of Limbo and Inside. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, this yeah. looks really nice. This looks this is fun. Yeah, so I'm gonna play that. I got that and Dave the Diver, are probably the two that I'm gonna play on Steam Deck first. Um, other other than maybe dipping in, I dipped into like uh, Last of Us just to kind of see what some of those dark scenes look like on the OLED Steam Deck. Sure, and, um, yeah, uh, they're pretty good. Oh, like I just seen this. This is also published by Annapurna. Yeah, Annapurna. So you you kind of know it's gonna be. You kind of know what you're gonna get there. Yeah, exactly. Um, which yeah, is nice. It's pretty good quality. Yeah, that's uh, well. I've I've been uh, I've been keeping an eye on the uh, secondhand prices of Steam decks. 
uh, for the original ones now that the OLED's out because um, if I do get one, I'm never going to use it portable. I'm just going to dock it. Right, um, right. So I'm uh, keep keeping an eye on those prices on uh, eBay and stuff. And yeah, they're, I, they're, they're coming down nicely. I, I was going to say, I would think that they would start coming down because I don't think that there's a supply shortage of the OLED ones. Although, you know, the, the website was really tough when they first went on on sale but i think that you can still order one now if you want one so it's um i don't think supply is an issue which will definitely push the original one down a little bit further i think yeah yeah i mean i I looked the other day just because i was curious and and i could have had an oled you know within three days or something yeah so um it, it seems like there's there's no supply issues at all which as you say is nice because that will bring the price down for me so i can buy yep. my one for, because the thing is i'm not going to play any like triple a games on it mm-hmm. um you know i've got my ps5 for that it's for those games where like they're only on pc or they're only on xbox right, and right. i don't have the new xbox so it's like there's not that many but there's enough that it's like worthwhile for me to to get one of these at some point so yeah it, it's a good way to emulate old games too i mean it has it has no problem with those at all i mean the battery will actually last a reasonable amount of time playing an older game and it's a ni- nice big screen to play them on too yeah definitely yeah i mean like i say it's it, it's not gonna happen now but you know maybe the right. next couple of months i might pick one up mm-hmm. um so uh but yeah no i I'm glad you're enjoying it, and you know OLED is, is always a nice upgrade for that kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, t- tell me about your your final uh, holiday project. You did speak about this a little bit on app, app stories. I've definitely uh, heard you talk about it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, when I talked about this, I, I, I've revived an old iPod, a iPod Video. It's a fifth gen iPod with video, is what it was called from 2005. And when I spoke about it on App Stories, I had purchased the parts and was waiting for them to come, hoping that they'd get here by Thanksgiving. And they all did. And I am so happy with the results of this, although it was a very, very trying experience, which I'm going to write about a little bit more for like Club Max Stories members for the monthly log this month. But I, I replaced the screen because it has a lot of dead pixels in the upper right-hand corner. I replaced the battery, which was pretty much shot. I replaced the storage, the hard drive, with um, with micro SD cards, and I replaced the faceplate with a transparent face faceplate, which looks really cool because you got the uh, the circuit board showing through around the around the click wheel. I kept the click wheel. You can get transparent click wheels if you want to, but I decided to stick with the click wheel. I stuck with my original back, which is all scuffed up, because I didn't want it to be like a an ipod built from parts i wanted it to be a slightly modified fixed up version of what i originally had in 2005 which is really what i've i've got now i went overboard with the storage you really don't need the kind of storage i put in this i put 750 gigs of micro sd cards in here rob sure why wouldn't you (laughs) basically i have what is effectively limitless storage because you one of the things, one of the downsides, I guess, of the march of technology is that you cannot, you can no longer get TV shows onto this, even though it's an iPod video, at least not things that you purchase in the iTunes store. I have a yet to find one that I could. I checked shows from that era that I had at one point purchased, like the pilot episode of The Office, which came out in 2005, and it just doesn't do it. I think they've changed the... Uh, the DRM on them at some point 
And so, sure, if you've got something you've ripped from a DVD, that would work. But if it's purchased off of the iTunes store, it probably won't. You know, you cannot get Apple Music streaming music onto this thing. So because I bought virtually no music after 2015 when Apple Music came out, it's like a time machine. This is all older music. But what I did what I did was I went to my Mac. This is the other thing. My my Macs have been getting a lot of been moving a lot of data around between backups, which we were talking about before we got on the uh, before we started the show, to downloading all of my all my owned music for the first time in years, which is actually a pretty fast experience on a good internet connection. But I downloaded all the songs, and then when it came time to sync. Instead of just putting everything on there, I went through and selectively just found the artists that I'm still a fan of or I wanted to rediscover. You know, just kind of went through and was very selective about it. I still have thousands of songs on here. Um, And I put all of my photos on here, which took hours and hours and hours because they have to be, they get, they get transcoded or not transcoded. They get, they get uh, size adjusted. The versions that go on the iPod are tiny. So I have many gigs of, of photos on here, but the 15,000 photos took hours to, <laughs> to resize and transfer over. Um, the, the, the battery I put in here, the original battery of the iPod was like 650 milliamp hours. I found a 3,000 milliwatt hour battery that fit in here. Thanks to, get, thanks, to get, thanks to getting rid of the drive, the space that was occupied by the drive is largely battery with a little bit of flash storage now. And so I've got a battery that's almost 5x times the original size and flash storage, which is a lot more efficient than a spinning hard drive. So I think I've got essentially limitless battery life now too, which, you know, which is pretty nice. Like I I set this up on Thanksgiving and I have plugged it in a couple of times to do um to sync music, but the battery is like I don't know. It's it's barely down from full at this point still, you know. And so that there's that. What the 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 difficulty of all this was it's pretty easy to open an iPod once you get if you have the right tool to get in between the front and back plates and then kind of pry them apart. They're just clips, so it's not too bad. What what's hard are the ribbon cables are very tiny and easy to damage. They go into very tiny little slots that have little clip clips on them that you have to pull back without breaking. All that is a little bit um, nerve-wracking. What ultimately threw me for a loop, though, was that when I finally got it all working and plug, I plugged it into my Mac, it wouldn't, it, it, because it's got a whole new storage system on it, it had to be restored. It had to have the firmware flashed back onto it. And, and it wouldn't do it. It just got caught. I thought there was a problem with the storage itself. Turns out that wasn't it. It was stuck in some kind of restore loop and it wouldn't work with um, the Finder and Apple Music. Uh, so what I, the music app. So what I had to do, the, our last ditch effort was, we're like, wait a second, Windows has iTunes. I wonder if we could restore it on a Windows machine. <laughs> so I plugged it into my son's Windows PC in his bedroom. And yeah, we got it restored in like 15 minutes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and, and they're they're formatted the same. It's FAT32, both you know on Windows and on and on the Mac. So once I had it restored on the PC, I brought it back to my Mac, and that's where I actually did the 
the transfer of the music because that's where I had all the songs. I love it. I love it. This is uh, it's funny. It's this model because this is actually the first iPod I ever owned. Oh, same here. Um, this is what, the was one. This, this is mine too. Yeah, I got it on. I believe it was like it was around Christmas time. It wasn't a Christmas present, but it was like in between Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up watching a movie on it, like a full movie in an airport car park, because um, we were picking up some <laughs> friends. <laughs> And me and a friend were sharing a pair of headphones, like one earbud each, and it was like stuck to his dashboard, and we just watched a movie for two and a half hours. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was it, really bad. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I look at the screen now, and I'm like, I'm looking at the album art, I'm like, oh, this is really not very good. The screen is just not very, I mean, it's pretty bright, but the color reproduction is not very good, and it's just, but it, but you know what, it's a lot of fun to just listen to these older songs on this device with wired headphones. I also bought a Bluetooth dongle that has a 30-pin connector, which sticks in the bottom and sticks out maybe a centimeter and a half, something like that. And and what's nice about that is because the 30 pin can can supply power, it powers the dongle and pulls you know the power off the battery. Whereas if you did one of those Bluetooth adapters that goes in the headphone jack, you you'd have to have a battery and it has to be charged. So this this just powers off the uh, the iPod, and I can then use AirPods with my original iPod. But uh, it's a little finicky to get them get them paired because <laughs> if your <laughs> yeah, AirPods are anywhere in the vicinity of your Mac or your iPhone, they they you know they might compete for each other a little bit. But uh, it works, and the signal is actually pretty good. I was able to walk all around a couple of different floors of the house with leaving my iPod behind and still listen to the music. So yeah, it's I've been really happy with it. I think it's really it was a fun project. It was a little frustrating at times, but I have a lot of nostalgia for this particular iPod because it was my very first Apple product of anything. And it's the one that I've hung on to. So I've got, uh, now I've got it revived and, and I have music on it. I might even buy some music now and put it on here. Something a little more modern <laughs> modern than 2015. Amazing. Cool. All right. Well, let, let's, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Sounds uh, cause good. Because we went, we went a bit ranty with... Uh, recipes and things like that so <laughs> yeah who would have know, known we had hot takes on recipes and instagram well there you go <laughs> and uh, and we'll try and do another normally scheduled one before the holidays hit um, Sounds good. And, then, and then we'll see how we go from there 